0: Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. I haven't even opened my beer yet.
1: Oh, I have. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Bill, and this is Steve over there with the Mountain Ale. Hey, he's got Mountain Ale shed. Good I man. Do.
0: Yeah, this is a replay. We've done this one before.
1: That's a great beer. And then I have our, um, our double bag, Long Trail double bag. Um, you know, it brought me back to my college days.
0: <laughs> That's nice.
1: So what t- what sort of beer is that? That this is a it's a um, well first of all it's deliciously Vermont, and uh, it is a it's a basically a brown ale. Okay, it's really good, really good. A little darker, you know. It's got a, I think it's a six point something eight percent. I think yours is like seven though, right?
0: Yeah, this is seven point four seven point four percent. We're actually <laughs> fairly similar because this is a also a Vermont beer. Um, this is one of my top five favorite beers. I love this beer. Yeah, me too. Me too. The first time I ever had it was during one of our podcasts earlier on.
1: But it's so good.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's a Vermont beer, and it's also a dark um, brown ale. So it's cool. a Vermont dark brown ale as well. Quite good. If you've made, you know, your hands on this.
1: As we tell everybody, you know, that we always try to introduce every single <laughs> session here with, with a different type of beer. It's mm. kind of our thing. So you know, some podcasts have people that go. So today, on this podcast, you're going to learn about. Other people have all these videos and da 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 da. But you know, we don't have a lot of time because we've got real jobs too. So it's like one of those things where you know, do we say you know, are we going to sit at home and, and set up elaborate back videos and music and and all of that, or do we do we you know get out there and do what we do? best we can do it and then have some sort of a pitch this is our pitch so if it looks really great perhaps the folks over at double bag can can sponsor one of our <laughs> one of our <laughs> our podcasts one day who knows you know maybe if, if a ceo of uh, you know double bag is is watching yeah well
0: we're lucky though cuz new hampshire and vermont they have some of the best beer in the nation so
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. So where are we today, Steve?
0: So today we are starting on Lyndon Johnson. We haven't really touched on him yet. Uh, We've kind of hinted that he's going to be a significant player in all of
1: this. And and who is he anyway? So uh,
0: um, I have a quote to start out, um, a quote from him. He said, uh, behind every success, there is a crime. (laughs) So let's see what was behind uh, Lyndon Johnson's success. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, um, born August 27, 1908, died January 22, 1973, often referred to uh, by the initials LBJ, was an American politician who was also the 36th president of the United States. He was president from 1963 to 1969. he also was the 37th vice president, uh, as, as everybody knows. He was vice president to JFK, and he's the one who assumed the presidency following the assassination of JFK. So just an interesting, you know, tidbit there, how he became president. How did he become president, Bill?
1: Um, well, he um, he was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> uh, but not by luck
0: no no i mean he was a go getter
1: yeah he well he was and he was a very 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 ruthless politician politically i i think he was probably one of the best presidents because he was ruthless in what he did that way to mm-hmm. get what he wanted um but when you turn it around and use it for the wrong the wrong things it, it takes away all of that in my opinion and anyway if that's what happened i mean once the viewers make up their mind uh you know um yeah he fell into it um and i think you know it's part of the reason why he wasn't really happy near the end of his life cuz that yeah, may
0: be of- i mean we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves in terms of uh kind Even- of implicating him with uh, some of the blame for the jfk assassination yeah but i have thought you know cuz he did do and we'll get into it. I have notes on all this, but he did some some good when he was president. And you know, it makes me want, think about somebody like uh, Lance Armstrong, who you know cheated his way to winning a bunch of uh, Tour de France titles. And but people say yes, but with that fame, he was able to do so much good for cancer, fighting cancer, raising money for cancer. So it kind of raises an age-old question does the end justify the means
1: yeah it's tough i mean you know i i uh folks may not know but i had the same kind of cancer that he had Mm. so i mean the exact you know only his was localized mine metastasized both my lungs so the thing is is when you it's kind of like a club Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know he so i resent the fact that he used that platform to mm-hmm. get where he was okay i'm more of a i'm more the kind of guy that respects a person who gets somewhere on their own you know uh goodwill <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you know so but the fact that he did that yeah he had a platform but anybody else joe Schmo, you know would have had the platform would he have done the same thing with it who knows Mm-hmm. But maybe he was doing that because he knew he was cheating.
0: <laughs> it's like he used that as a shield, perhaps.
1: Oh, because he knew if he got caught, well, I mean, at least I did all of this.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the argument a lot of people make.
1: You know, I mean, so, and I didn't really buy the, there was a, uh, I don't know if it was 30 for 30 or some sort of special on uh, mm-hmm. on him. I didn't buy that either. But anyway, that's just me. I'm a little bit partial, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, So anyway. But yeah, and I think, I think I feel the same way about uh, LBJ only because of what I know, but we'll get there soon
0: So a few more details about LBJ. Um, he was a Democrat from Texas, which, uh, you know, back then was something a little different than a Democrat from Texas now. Not that there are that many in elected office. Um, yep. Johnson also served as a United States representative. And as a senator, and also as the majority leader in the Senate, so he was pretty much everything. I mean, he was a senator, he was a, a representative, he was a majority leader, he was a vice president, he was a president. I mean, he did everything that, that there is to be done in, in uh, Washington.
1: Yeah, and you know, and and I don't know if you if, if I don't think we're going to get into his uh, stint as a child. You know, um, and I say stint only because he was in a lot of trouble. You know, he, was a, he wasn't was really a, a, a model youngster <laughs> in his youth. I mean, he got, you know, he knew a lot of uh, really important and dangerous people when he was growing up. Oh, you really? Yeah, yeah. I but, didn't really get
0: into him beyond like, his uh, professional uh, career so much.
1: I got to get what you got to get. You don't get where you're going unless you have a background um, and l- growing with certain people to mm-hmm. follow you around. And, and I think people will be interested if they dig into that part of it. So just mm-hmm. throwing that out there.
0: Okay, yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, so he was born in a farmhouse in Stonewall, Texas. Stonewall, Texas, sorry. He actually started out as a high school teacher, believe it or not. Oh. Um, no. <laughs> can you imagine that? Like LBJ's your, your teacher? Like walk in for, you know, like, like uh, you know, carpentry or I don't know what he taught, English.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, from what we know about LBJ, I don't think he'd be good around high school kids. But anyway. We'll... <laughs> oh,
0: I don't think he would be.
1: So well, he yeah. decided
0: that he decided that being a high school teacher wasn't enough for him. And so he got a job working as a congressional aide. Um, but it, it didn't take him that long. He was a congressional aide. And then very quickly after that, he won election. He won his election to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1937.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he worked, he did work. He, he, he did the work, you know, that he had to do. And I think that's probably why he, he had so much resentment for the candidate for Kennedy,
0: Uh huh.
1: you know, and, and, you know, when we talked about when Kennedy was uh, was made the president of the United States by such a narrow margin and what went on with that, mm-hmm. I refer back to other podcasts, you know, um, he was like, yeah, freaking Kennedy's always getting something for nothing. Don't ever try to work, you know. I mean, I wonder what that puts in somebody's mind, right? Mm-hmm. About the man who's above him. You know?
0: Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, everybody, um, if they see people kind of handed things that they didn't have to work for, I think a lot of people get frustrated about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, so moving on. Uh, Johnson then won election to the U.S. Senate in 1948, um, mm-hmm. after winning. Um, the the nomination for for his party by in a a primary which many people thought was um was rigged frankly um so that's that's that i mean it's what's amazing to me is after each time he moved up somewhere he like immediately got promoted again so like it didn't take him that long to go from being a representative to a senator and then he was after being a senator for only three years, he then was appointed the Senate majority whip, and then took him two years to become the minority leader, and then only two more years to become the majority leader. So oh. it's like,
1: it was pretty, you know. I mean, you got to respect that, sure. I mean, you know, he got where he was going, and, and he got there fast, and I think a lot of people, you know, knew, you know, this is a guy that gets things done, let's, you know, yep. get, you know, as fast as we can, you know. So. Uh so he was known for
0: having a domineering personality. Uh something known as the Johnson treatment, which I think I have some quotes about that later on. Again, um
1: well, hmm? say that again. It was called the what?
0: The Johnson treatment.
1: Okay, folks, remember that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, it's so he was very effective at at kind of um pushing, bullying coercing other politicians, mainly those within his party to get them to do what it was he wanted them to do. So moving on, uh, Johnson ran for the Democratic nomination in 1960 against um, Kennedy, <laughs> but he was unsuccessful, mainly because he like didn't run in many states. He kind of just he didn't run in any of the states. He just waited for the um, convention and tried to take it through p- political maneuvering. Um, and it was just too little too late. Yeah. Um, but he accepted the invitation of Kennedy to be his running mate. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stories about that, which we'll get into in terms of, you know, how that came about. Um, in terms of domestic policy, um, when he was president, um, Johnson um, created what has been come to known as the Great Society And that's really um, legislation that he passed, which um, expanded civil rights, Mm. which um, created public broadcasting, um, expanded or created Medicare, Medicaid, um, additional aid to education, the arts, rural development, um, public services, and also um, the war on poverty, something which Kennedy had been um, talking about, you know, when he was president. Um, when he was president, Johnson really said he claimed to be doing everything that that Kennedy was going to do if Kennedy had lived. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if that's 100% true, but I think it is true to a certain extent.
1: (coughs) Well, Um, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, some people think that Johnson didn't really care what he was doing as long as he was in power, but that's kind of for another day to discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. like he kind of went with the tide.
1: yeah.
0: But but I don't know, that, that might not be fair. Like you said, he, he did push through a lot of stuff that maybe other people couldn't have pushed through. Yep. Um, so they, they do say that, or I guess the um, statistics indicate that um, either as a result of the war in poverty or maybe just in part due to, a growing economy that existed in the 60s um, there were millions of Americans that rose above the poverty line um, during his administration so one way or another people did seem to do better after he had you know been in um, in power um, this-
1: but it's funny Steve because you know it, it there's, a, there's a quote you know uh, ultimate power corrupts <laughs> mm-hmm. ultimately um and yeah so keep that in mind as well mm-hmm. as we move forward yeah we're um, gonna give
0: we're gonna give the positives and the negatives we're gonna give it all
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah he's a good guy Sometimes. <laughs> uh
0: now in terms of his civil rights bills that he he had signed into law um some of the things that they included was uh they banned racial discrimination in public facilities. I mean, can you imagine that like in the mid sixties, it was still legal to um, ban like black people from certain um, public facilities. I mean, it's shocking, but that's.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. weird. Weird. I mean, I, I'm, I'm what 56, almost 57 years old. And I was born in 64, mm-hmm. you know, so up into 65, 66, 67, I'm three years old. And, and, everything's it's weird for me to think about everything being racially segregated, you know, um, it's hard to believe it really is.
0: Yeah. But I mean, really that, I mean, the, the other thing is, is that hit the, him doing that kind of blew the democratic party into smithereens. It completely, you know, it was hugely controversial, especially in certain parts of the country. Yes. So yeah. It's not like everybody said, Oh yeah, we definitely have to do this. We definitely need to end racial discrimination no i mean a lot of people were, were, were thinking no we need to it's really important that we keep all that racial discrimination
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. um but uh he also um the, the bills that he signed into law um banned racial discrimination in interstate commerce in workplace and housing um and the voting rights act um prohibited certain requirements in southern states Um, that had been used to disenfranchise um, African-Americans. And really, I mean, ever since the um, black people were granted the right to vote, you know, in the, um, you know, back in the 1860s, 1870s, they really had had a hard time trying to vote, (laughs) you know, without getting lynched, frankly, you know, really up until, until, you know, this, that, you know, until the civil rights of the 60s. So, I mean, these are real accomplishments, even though, you know, we're going to criticize him later. These are true accomplishments that he had. Um, but now let's talk about the Vietnam War. This is maybe not an accomplishment. Um, so,
1: um, let it be said, however, that uh, President Kennedy, you know, before he died, said that he vowed to, you know, to get troops out of vietnam mm-hmm. before he died so okay what were you we gonna say
0: <laughs> well let's see did uh, johnson follow kennedy's wishes in this case uh no he did not uh he escalated the uh, our involvement in the in the vietnam war um and he did this through well i should say he did this through something happened the the, the gulf of tonkin and this is something I would love to do, like a, an episode just focused on that at some point. Um, but really, it's a, there was a conflict of sorts, which took place in the Gulf of Tonkin, in which uh, we claimed that um, Vietnamese, a Vietnamese was it some kind of a ship fired on one of our ships before we had kind of even done anything. Which is kind of demonstrably true. I can see you're just itching to give your account of this. Why don't you take take over on this one here?
1: Well, well if you look it up, folks, it's it has been it has been proven as false. The Gulf of Tonkin was made up. Period. Mm-hmm. There is no arguing it. Uh, don't try to debunk it because it's not going to work because there's just too much out there now. Um, but at the time, just like anything else,
0: what do they call these sorts of events?
1: Um, ah, false flags actually. Um, uh, it is, um, if you really dig into it a little bit, it's kind of like a wormhole, you know, and, but there's been many, but, but, uh, yeah. So the Gulf of Tonkin is, um, it's basically – it was made up in order to, uh, to allow us to be more active in what they called uh, – wasn't really a war. It was more of a – what they call it a – Conflict. Uh, conflict, yeah. There you go. Um, but it wasn't true. It basically wasn't true. It, was, it wasn't true. We didn't find out about that until decades after which basically is, I think, the uh, modus operandi of any false flag. Figure we'll just, you know, say it happened and then we'll go into Iraq and deal with the poppies. Oh, I'm not saying that. Jesus, what did I just say? Sorry. You can edit that out. Um, But um, so, yeah, uh, so people went crazy, right? So just to be
0: clear, so what happened was, in reality, what happened, if I remember correctly, I haven't read about this for a while, but... Our ships acted aggressively, went into a, a zone where they weren't supposed to go, perhaps even fired first. Yep. And maybe they didn't even fire at us at all. And then and then what we said was, oh, there was a conflict there. They fired at us without um, without cause. They tried to kill some of our people. We need to go to war with Vietnam. That's yep. kind of what happened, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if you're old enough to or, or, or um – uh, in the know enough educationally with uh, you know current events and history, you'll know that the same thing happened during Pearl Harbor. Right? Um, there was question about that, and there's proof about people knowing that these planes were coming before they were coming. Um, you know many other instances where that's the case. So it's 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 kind of a really uh, easy way to get people who don't like to think about anything else. Than what people tell them is true mm-hmm. to believe things, you know, that's why we're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, don't just believe what you hear folks. Cause you never know, you know, follow the money, follow the modus of brown dying man. Mm-hmm. Um, never believe what you hear. And back then it was just too easy to do that. Right? Why? Because everybody believed that everybody in a position was telling the truth because why would they lie to us? Why would they fight us? Why? But they did. (laughs) There you have it. Lots of reasons why. We'll figure this out soon.
0: And this was a little bit of a precedent just because to explain exactly what the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution was, it was a resolution passed by Congress in 1964, which granted Johnson the ability to um, use essentially whatever military force he wanted in um, Vietnam without having to ask for an official declaration of war. So it's really allowing him to go to war without declaring war. Because, I mean, they don't call it, in the history books now, they don't call it the Vietnam conflict, you know? (laughs) I mean, we had, um, well, I mean, here's the other fact. He, and after the the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, Johnson was able to um, increase the number of um, the number of people we had in Vietnam from about sixteen thousand to five hundred twenty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So you don't send five hundred twenty-five thousand soldiers to a conflict. You know, you send them to a war, and so that's and it, what it was.
1: Aside here, if there can be one with me, um, is people in Vietnam died a lot really for no reason mm-hmm. all right and again I mean, I've talked about this before I was in the military if I was in sort some sort of a you know a, a line a frontline kind of group you know I would fight and I would kill anybody that they told me to but there's a lot of Vietnam vets a lot of Iraq vets a lot of you know um, Gulf War vets that are gonna say you know we're out there killing you know people just because because we're told this is this mm-hmm and and um it's it's uh, it's tough it's tough you know because a lot of these vets are coming out going all we were killing were were villagers nobody was there but they mm-hmm. told us to flash this entire place you know i would have a problem with that too you know but you like wanted
0: to do something it's like you got to attack something yeah hey, this is what you can find
1: Oh, yeah, you got to take that hill, you know, and, and, and what happens, right? You know, you, you get all the P- PTSD or PTSD, and you got these people that lose their minds out there, and it's just, um, it's really sad. And it, the whole thing is sad. The Vietnam War was just, the Vietnam mm-hmm. conflict was just, was a horrible situation. just like any conflict, you know, war is, so. Yeah, so um, it, it seems
0: that the Vietnam War was really his undoing as president, um casualties increased um and the public began to become uneasy with the war and eventually there was a a large anti-war movement um you know most notably amongst draft age students you know at colleges but i think just the public in general was you know because they were seeing it you know on television every night you know they saw what was actually happening
1: and think about it now. If, if if the the younger folks that may be watching this go back and look at some of that video footage from back then, they actually were pretty raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you won't you won't find that now. You won't. You just won't. Right. Although you know
0: what, they'll show um, they'll show foreigners dying in gruesome. Oh yeah. These days, but they won't show Americans dying like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And and uh, yeah, I've. Um, I've found some uh, some very strange videos on YouTube doing a little thing that, that I just call random, random searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that basically means is you go into YouTube and you just type anything, anything.
0: Not even a word, just like a...
1: Play with the keys. And I came across a video that I, yeah, I don't really like to say anything about because there were no views. No views. Uh-huh except mine (laughs) and it was a um i don't know if it was a propaganda video uh from iraq or afghanistan but it was the other side of the coin meaning Mm -hmm. afghanis killing americans Mm -hmm. and the blood and gore of actual killing it was horrific
0: goodness gracious
1: and um so yeah uh yeah that was kind of messy but but it's out there so you can try that you don't know what you're gonna find though just be careful you know because now i'm since i'm the only viewer of this video it's like you know the person that that uploaded is going ah (laughs) now we got this man
0: (laughs) my next target
1: (laughs) yeah like oh no man no
0: i don't know can they tell on youtube i mean we have a youtube account i don't know can you see who who watched the video i don't know if you can or not
1: Oh, no, no, not unless I liked it or, or subscribed. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But still, you don't know what technology they might have.
1: You know, I, I completely freaked out, you know, I mean, so, yeah, that was weird. But anyway, I, I forgot the point of what we were even talking about that for, but. You know. Yes, yeah, so
0: it was a freaky thing to say.
1: Yeah. That was weird. the
0: point. Uh, <laughs> so be, largely because of the the war in Vietnam, um, although uh, President Johnson began his presidency with you know, very high approval ratings. Um, he ended up kind of not having a lot of, of approval amongst the public, and uh, and also not only was he, were people frustrated with the war, uh, but also the um, the protests against the war were viewed as violent amongst amongst certain uh, members of the populace, and so violent. they also thought that he was. Like, he was getting blamed on one side for not pulling out of the war, and then he was being blamed by the other side for not cracking down on the people who wanted him to pull out of the war. So he was kind of getting it from both sides.
1: Well, you know, I, I got to say, Steve, have you ever seen a lot of video of the, of the uh, violent protesting that happened back in the 60s? Um, I've seen some of it. Was there any um, people standing in the middle of the road getting hit by vehicles? Was there any looting? Was there any killing? Um, you know, were the police bashing people left and right, or was it more along the lines of what we would call now a peaceful protest? Mm-hmm. As as compared to what actually happens now in a peaceful protest.
0: Yeah, I think that um, amongst the, I think that people who had the most violence done unto them was the, a lot of the civil rights protesters. You know, they got bashed in by the police and by yep. white people, et cetera. Um, and I've seen footage of some protests that got pretty rowdy back back then. But no, I think that the the level of um, violence on on all sides, both coming from the police and um, and in terms in terms of the protesters themselves that, that level of violence seems to be higher now and yeah. I'm not sure why
1: you, um, because and the reason I say that is this if you go back and you look at that mm-hmm. you can say I think you could you could say with you know uh, a reasonable uh, you know idea of belief that you don't need to do the kind of violence that's happening today regardless of where it's coming from, regardless of whether George Soros paid people to go in you know, and, and play bad guy, you know, mm-hmm. to, to fight between each other, regardless of all of that. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to do any of that back then, right? Because we still talk about the protests back then, mm-hmm. and it didn't have the same kind of violence. You know, did it, did it achieve anything? Well,
0: well, I think there's a reason, because I've thought about this. I think the reason why maybe there's a little bit more now again i think it's coming from you know a lot of different places i i think the you know it i mean not to get into current politics too much but i i think there's you know i've seen a lot of video footage that shows the police doing some horrific things i'm not talking about the the, the stuff that's being protested i mean in the protest so i think there's violence coming from a lot of different sides but i think the reason why there's more now than there is back then i think it comes down to the fact not to make everything about economics, but income inequality is so much higher right now, so much worse now than it was then. I think that um, poverty is, is worse now than it was at that point. I think that the population in general is just more desperate. I think they're more angry. I also think that people have access to more information now. And so people, I think, Okay. So, yeah. like yeah. back then, you know, there might be. Let's say that there's a, a black person who is gunned down, right, or killed, or, or shot by a police officer, in the '60s. You didn't see that on on YouTube. Huh. So, so people they might have known, like they knew that things weren't fair for black people, you know, yeah. um, but they didn't. And they, I shouldn't say. I mean, they might have seen violent things themselves. But I'm just saying they didn't have that current it, that constant influx of information to piss them off.
1: Well I think you're right. I think that you're right 100 With, percent without any kind of internet for information. you're only believing you know what you're seeing yourself mm-hmm. and you don't have that outlet to let anybody else know what's going on. you know and you almost want to think conversely that that might be the reason why you'd be even angrier back then mm-hmm. and want to do more violence back then. Mm-hmm. see because what kind of information are you getting now mm-hmm. right what, what do you believe now? You know, everything is so convoluted. You know, at least then you knew where you stood, right? Mm. You knew what was happening yourself because you were there. No matter what anybody said or did, you knew you were right. Maybe they should have been even angrier then. Well,
0: they, maybe they should have been, but I think they were, like I said, because they didn't have that constant influx. Like, let's say right now, if you're a person who's upset about the economy, right? Like you, like you, like maybe you, you don't have enough food for your family and not enough money's coming in and, and that's the thing that really gets your goat yeah you can go online and and read stories about the government screwing you over 24/7 and you can find you can go down that rabbit hole and find and find endless information about that if you're somebody who's upset about civil rights you know legitimately so and that's the thing that gets you upset you can go on the internet and see video after video after video after video of somebody being you know of somebody being treated unfairly a black person being murdered or something like that and so i think people can feed their anger more easily now
1: they can they can feed their anger but i think you got to be careful i think what happens and i've i've done it you know i don't do it anymore but i've done it because when you have a certain belief system You're going to be looking for things that are going to feed your need Mm -hmm. of belief. Mm -hmm. You're not going to try to look for anything else because guess what? Nothing else is what you want to look for. Mm -hmm. So be careful what you're going to look for. Be careful what you want because you just might get it. Only in the advent of the internet, Mm -hmm. be careful what you look for because you're going to find a lot of it Mm -hmm. all the time. But look at the other side. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, what this is all about, right? Because the whole what if thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't be so close-minded or try not to be so close-minded
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you don't try to look at the other side objectively, mm-hmm. you know, and say, hey, you know what? I believe this way, but what happens if, you know? So, yeah. I yeah, I want to be real
0: You're- clear. Like, even though I can understand how it comes about, and when I <laughs> see when I see things happening, when I see unrest, I see it as inevitable. I think if there's this much inequality, if you have this a government which is this corrupt, um, all of that, I think that it's inevitable that there's going to be violence on the street.
1: Sure, know, add- people
0: people can complain about it, but it's inevitable. It's going to happen.
1: But, well, and, and add to that, that it's always going to be that way until something happens. Because yeah. it, it wasn't that just started you know the government and and the issues that have been brought upon us have Mm -hmm. not started in the last decade (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and once you find that out it makes you even more pissed off because you're like man alive really since what yeah so but i also want to be clear
0: that i'm not advocating violence even though i think it's inevitable um that, that that when you have a a corrupt government that you're going to have violence um, and, and but I also think I, I honestly believe that nonviolent protest and nonviolent kind of fighting back is the most effective
1: way to approach it, and the right way. So that's my. Opinion. I think you find a lot of uh, rebuttal on that um, from yeah. a lot of people, and and they're going to say things like, "And I don't believe one way or the other, right?" But I will tell you this: that there's going to be people that are going to say, "You know what, the Civil War." mm-hmm think about it can you even imagine right now fighting against the people in your own country can, can you even think about it can you even would you <laughs> i mean the civil war man i mm-hmm. mean we believed in something so much yeah
0: but i mean what would happen like let's say if somebody if if there was a dictator or a mm-hmm. wannabe dictator, and they were trying to take over the country, take over your country by um, violent means. And I'm not referring to anybody in particular. I'm just saying as an abstraction. Let's just say there was somebody like that. They're trying to take over your, con- your country by violent means. And let's say that half the country decides to side with him or her. What would you do? Would you fight for your country or wouldn't you? You know?
1: Sure.
0: Um, and so... I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it would be horrible, but you can't control what other people do.
1: No, you can't. You can't. I mean, but I, I think it's weird, though, right? Because even when when the Americans fought against, you know, uh, England, right? Mm-hmm. There was no internet then. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, so these guys way back in the, in the day are going, oh, you guys in these ages now are just a bunch of, you know, wussies, right? Because why? not <laughs> even have internet, right? Uh-huh. And we beat we, we your out of of the out of the british you know and and we're we 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 became independent what's Mm -hmm. up (laughs) what are you gonna do (laughs) what are you gonna do are you gonna protest are you gonna carry signs are you gonna go i hate this enough or i care enough to do this because it has to Mm -hmm. not advocating violence but there's two great examples right of how that brought about some serious and meaningful changes right
0: he ended up, as I mentioned, he, his, um, approval ratings were tanking by the end of his, um, by the end of his first term. What do you call it when he could have, I guess, cause he had the, he finished the very end of, uh, Kennedy's first term. And then his first term was really the next <laughs> term, I think. So, um, at the end of his first term, <clears throat> um, his approval ratings were tanking. Um, and, uh, he did very poorly in the New Hampshire primary that's where, we're, where we are and uh, and after that he ended his bid for the nomination and
1: did he do thanks Steve what's that you know why a big reason why he might have done that
0: is that well,
1: might have been somebody named Robert Oh
0: Robert Kennedy well, Had he, was he even in the uh, race at that point didn't he jump in
1: kind of a little bit later Yeah, but but trust me, even though he he jumped in later, don't Mm -hmm. think for a second that Johnson didn't know. (laughs) He didn't want to get spanked by Robert Kennedy, right? Don't think for anything. Look, okay, if you know anything about the Kennedys at all, you're going to say, okay, Bobby Kennedy, John Kennedy, brothers like this, right? Mm -hmm. The whole, you know, America has never seen anything like this assassination ever. Mm -hmm. And then, bam, right? But... There's this nice boy right over here, this Bobby. He's so good looking and and he's a Kennedy.
0: How good looking was he, Bill?
1: Well, he was so good looking. (laughs) Just ask Marilyn. Anyway, but he was like the next guy. He was like the logical choice. He was like, you know, America lost their their king, their cam the Camelot that they that they all you know loved. It was perfect, right? It was all perfect for them.
0: I mean, he was going to win, right, Robert Kennedy? There's no way he wouldn't have won.
1: Landslide, and and so Johnson said, well, "He I always some, hated."
0: Bobby. He said, "I got some organizing to do."
1: Yeah, I mean, he he, he knew he 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 was going to lose if he went against Bobby, and uh-huh. that was the reason why. And and um, you know, he that's why he went to a big downward slide <laughs> mm-hmm. once he, once he got out of the presidency, but you know. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so he left office um, January of 1969 um, and returned to his Texas ranch uh, where he ended up dying at age
1: 64, young, 64 yeah. um, in
0: 1973.
1: Yeah. Believe it or not. And, and uh, I sure would like to get a hold of the, uh, cause there's stuff out there, the psychiatrist that he went to. Uh huh. Uh, you know, and I would love to get some sort of a Freedom of Information Act information on, on what was actually in those files of that particular psychiatrist, because evidently there were some big bombshells that he let he let go to his like, uh, kind of like the
0: Sopranos, right? The you've seen that TV show, where he like just tells her everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there's a lot to that. I think there's a lot to that with Marilyn Monroe as well, which is why her red diaries you know I mean, um a lot of things, man, you know i mean the the whole modus of friend i i think of of the bad factions of, of our government you know is is get rid of the evidence before anybody knows the evidence is even there
0: mm-hmm. so I love this. this is the last story before our break, um, but I love this story about um inauguration day nineteen sixty nine It said that uh Johnson saw Nixon sworn in. And then got back on the plane to fly to Texas. And um, as soon as the, the door of the plane closed, Johnson pulled out a cigarette and lit it up. Now he had a heart condition and he hadn't been able to smoke cigarettes since, um, I guess he had a heart attack in the mid-50s. Mm-hmm. and So he hadn't smoked since then. So one of his daughters, you know, yanked the cigarette out of his mouth and said, oh, you can't, you can't smoke, it'll kill you. And he said, um, quote, and this quote is from historian Michael beck loss quote um i've raised i've now raised you girls i've now been president now it's my time and then from that point on he went into a, a very self-destructive kind of frame or mode of living
1: and um, good and- i'm not going to say that i can't say good for him that's going to tell everybody what i think
0: <laughs> yeah and he only lived four more years so i mean yeah, yeah. You know, Car- karma they- yeah
1: Karma, karma is definitely a bitch.
0: Yeah. Don't
1: say do thanks, folks, because trust me when I tell you, you may not see it now, but it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming.